I don't know about you, but I know that you and I have been put on this planet to do a whole lot more than just eat, sleep, work, pay some bills, do some taxes, do the laundry, and then die. And yet when you look around, it seems like most people are doing just that. Going through the motions, doing all the to-dos without truly living with deep satisfaction, reverence, or joy. On some level, I believe most of us can feel it. We can feel the fact that most people on this planet are disconnected from their true selves, disconnected from purpose, and in many ways, just walking the prescribed path that our society has set out for us. If you're here listening to podcasts like this, I know you sense it too. Now, perhaps you've already done the work. You've had the space, the opportunity, the tools, support to connect to your highest purpose in love, in life, and in business. If that's you, that's beautiful. And thank you for being here. And keep going because this journey is never ending. We are all like onions or ogres, peeling it off layer by layer. Chances are you're here and you've been guided in some way here because you sense that there's a disconnection. You sense that you're missing a piece of fulfillment in your life and that there was cut to be more to your existence, more to what you're doing here than just doing for the sake of doing, and endless productivity without the inspiration and the motivation that comes from true alignment. If this is you, you're in the right place. Without getting too depressing right at the top of this episode here, because I do want to say this, that I believe that there's a world of possibility out there for each and every one of us, and I know today's guests feel it too. And that's why this episode is so important. Because here's what I see around the world, around me, in the clients that I work with, and certainly even in myself in certain seasons. And that's why I believe this message is important. And it's because I think so many people right now are living without purpose. And we see this expressed through sadness, a dullness to people's existence, depression, anxiety, grief, so many unprocessed emotions, trauma, constant feelings of being triggered. It's no secret that we're not raised in this society. We're not given the tools on learning how to process our energy and the emotions of life. And so what ends up happening is we end up carrying it around or we express it in ways that are unhealthy or that aren't supportive of the life we want to be living or the kind of people that we desire to be. I'll tell you what else I see. I see people hitting certain success markers, hitting their goals, whether it's a certain job title, a number of digits in their bank account, in their salary, in their business, six figures, seven figures, eight figures, whatever that is, hitting a certain number on a scale. And then in the celebration, there's a silence. And in the silence comes a question, is this it? We become so focused on the to-dos that we forget why we even started in the first place. As a collective, I think a lot of us have forgotten how to be in joy. We've forgotten how to feel the full range and the spectrum of emotions and move through them. And in many cases, this is where I see it, we set goals that don't truly matter to the core of us. And so when we achieve them, it feels empty. We get stuck in this conditional living, this constant negotiation with the world or the universe or God or ourselves. This, if I do this, then I get that. If I do this, then I'll feel happy. If I finish this, then I'll be complete. If I feel this, then I'll be worthy. but it doesn't work like that. And ultimately, life can end up feeling like Groundhog Day, where we keep doing the same thing over and over again until we realize enough is enough. If you take into account all of this, it's no surprise that we're in a mental health crisis. While I think it's a positive thing that the taboo is dropping, and I believe that there's some real benefits to that, 
we keep focusing on the gap instead of the gain. We keep focusing on the fact that people have depression and anxiety and we've normalized it while paying almost no attention to how we feel and how to move people through it. And we also don't talk at all about the beautiful, magic, human potentiality that's within all of us waiting to be unmasked, waiting for those layers to be peeled back and brought back into the light. If your soul is nodding along because you feel this, you know this on some level, you are in for a giant treat, my friend. In today's episode, I'm honored to be joined by Robert Grover and Gary Logan, two master spiritual advisors and human potential experts. Together, they are the Journeyman Collective. Robert and Gary are all about supporting humans to get to a place where they never ever again have to ask, is this all there is? And they stop looking for that next level to get the deeper satisfaction, whether it's the new job, the bigger home, the new partner, the next income level, whatever that is, you don't need that to feel satisfied in this moment. In this episode, you're going to hear how Rob and Gary do this, and you're going to learn tools and ideas for how you can learn to listen to yourself and tap into purpose now. This episode is a deeply spiritual and personal conversation. It's one that can't be distilled into the typical, hey guys, in this episode you're going to learn points A, B, C, and D. Even though we will be talking about tools and sharing beautiful questions that you can ask yourself and practices to try, this is going deeper and more metaphysical than that. It's about how we become disconnected from ourselves and our essence and how we can begin to reclaim it for ourselves and for humanity. This is about how we can be more present in the ceremony of all parts of life, even the mundane ones, and step more into the vision we desire and the people we know we're meant to become. This episode is not a prescription. This isn't another negotiation of if you listen to this, then you're going to get that. This journey is not a one way, it's not a one path, so I invite you to listen with an open mind and an open heart. Take what resonates with you embodying yourself this week a piece of the wisdom you heard in this episode. Come back in weeks and months and years and see what lands differently and maybe book your own journey to go deeper. No matter what though, my friend, this is your permission. This is your permission to look at your life like a blank canvas and go paint your magic. Oh, and while you're painting, definitely permission to paint outside the lines. Go into this episode with the intention of coming out feeling grounded, feeling like you have permission to go forth with whatever is calling you inside. Get ready to be ready, to feel ready, ready to release, ready to slow down, or ready to shine bright with something new. I can't promise you exactly what you're going to take away from this episode, but I can promise you this. There will be medicine in here that meets you with exactly what you need. There are beautiful, gorgeous nuggets in here and a connection to something deeper, more powerful, more enlightening, and more grounding than a here's a map with five steps to success can ever offer you. So come along with me, get ready to be taking on a journey here today, a journey with Rob and Gary, the Journeyman Collective. Welcome to the Golden Girls Podcast, where we believe you can have it all. I'm your host, Lisa Michaud, and I'm spilling tangible tips, goal-getting strategies, and real-life stories to inspire you to tackle your biggest dreams. You're a woman who knows you're made for more. Get ready to leave the excuses and self-doubt behind by being vulnerable, sharing your truth, and having honest conversations so you can succeed on your terms. Together, we'll set goals you'll actually achieve by staying motivated, having fun, and building a community of women empowering women. 
it's time to tap into your best self, get confident, and truly have it all. Golden Girl, let's dive in. Hello, Golden Girls. I'm so excited to be joined here today by Robert Grover and Gary Logan. Robert and Gary bring forth their passion for the human spirit to guide people through a deeply sacred journey so they can reconnect into the forgotten miracles of life. As spiritual advisors, they combine their innate gifts to help people embody the understanding that the resonance of our whole being determines the course of our lives. Robert and Gary believe that deep fulfillment can only occur from the inside out and have committed their lives to walking this truth. Their key mission is to continually awaken people to the ever-present universal intelligence that we allow higher dimensional expression to come through into form. Thank you so much for being here, Rob and Gary. Such an honor to have you here. Thank you Thank for you. having you. <laughs> Thank you for having us. This is brilliant. We've been looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. me too. Me too. You know, um, the backstory, Rob and Gary, uh, we met at my sister's wedding. And as soon as I met you both, I was like, oh, you're such beautiful humans, amazing humans. And uh, I'm really excited to create this podcast with you and share a little bit of your magic and the spark that I got to connect with in real life at the wedding uh, with everybody here listening today. Um, so... I want to know, the whole purpose of this podcast is really talking about purpose and bringing people back to who they're meant to be and their purpose. Why do you think in today's world, people are so disconnected from that? Like, shouldn't that be something that we kind of just like are born with and shouldn't this be a really easy thing? Gosh, that's a loaded question. I think a big part of it is that we are programmed, we are trained from the time that we enter school to basically forget about your passion, forget about what your magic is, forget about your brilliance, forget about possibility and potential. Let's just focus on what the curriculum teaches you and and go with that and basically live into the program that your life is on a certain path that isn't for everyone. and. I don't think the current culture gives people the space to actually really sense into what they're truly here, here to do and, here, and who they're here to be. It could be put simply, you were put in a box, which is school. You move from that smaller box to a bigger box, which is called college or university. And from that box, you're put into a cubicle box which is where you work. And from that box, you get into another box, which is called six feet in the ground. That it's a bit extreme, but it's a good way of looking at it is like, can I break the paradigm of these boxes to create something in my life? Any time in my life, it doesn't matter what stage of the box are you in, the box can always be broken to break free to get out of the box and create your own path. Oh, I resonate with that so deeply. And I'm sure I, as I'm sitting in my box in downtown Vancouver, um, <laughs> I feel like everyone's just going to really feel that. Um, and like my my journey, like I ticked all the boxes and, you know, the, the school, the other school, uh, the house, the, the fence, the, the marriage, like all those, the good career, all those things. And it's so interesting how like that is the path that is really, truly laid out for us. It's the path that gets you the accolades. It gets the recognition from the parents, the friends, the strangers, all those things. Um, 
but there's a lot missing in that. And that path really isn't for everybody. So how did you know, like, how did you figure that out that that wasn't your path? For me, it was a health scare. But what was your moment of realizing I'm not meant to just be in boxes my whole life? For me, it was also a health scare. Uh, basically, I was not digesting food. I was stressed out. I was in the corporate world. And every day that I was walking to work, I dreaded it. And there was also an aspect of an awakening took place where I started to see what I now know is energy around people, places and things. And modern medicine couldn't give me any answers after a myriad of tests and whatnot. And then finally I connected with a spiritual teacher and she said to me, there's nothing wrong with you. You are supposed to be experiencing what you're experiencing right now. And that was for me, that was about 20, 20 years ago. And those, that one sentence just blew all the boxes away <laughs> for me anyway. And it started a path of me being insatiably curious about what I'm here to do and what I'm here to be. And yeah, I just wanted to learn more about the metaphysical reality, about energy, uh, about what was really holding me back and breaking out of those boxes, dissolving those old programs and fast forward 20 years and we're in a totally different box. <laughs> and that box is ever changing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would say we talked about this before. Um, probably when I was four, I knew at that time, I still, I still remember looking at my father and his behavior. I thought, this is not the person I need to grow up to be. I, I, you know, I knew something then, and as I grew older, I realized he's a good representation of who not to be in the world. And I thank him for that. And I never, ever uh, questioned any of my moves forward in my life. I innately knew that it was, if somebody suggested something to me and it felt right, it was a go. I never was a what ifer. I never tried to figure out the outcome. Is like when I went back to theater school, somebody said, Why don't you go to England and get that on your resume? And I went, That's a good idea. So at 23, I took off and went to England, thought it was only going to be two months and it'd been two years and it'd been nine years. So um, that was following my path and my innate knowing and not being scared of taking the step forward. So it was, uh, I think myself lucky at an early age to realize that I was never going to wear a suit and tie. That wasn't my destiny. And that's who I wasn't going to be. And um, in that journey to where we are now, I through theater school, of course, they take you apart sort of, and build you up to who you truly be so you can perform the best that you can. And so you started doing personal development at a very early age. I'd say mostly started at 17. And then from there, got into metaphysical teaching, into healing touch, uh, uh, discovered the Alexander Technique, which opened up my world, like pfft, unbelievable, just blew my mind. It's like, I found my mind actually. And, <laughs> and it was like, yeah, so it brought us all the way to where we are now, all that, um, work on self and personal development and touching into spirit and teachings from all different people. It was amazing. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
Wow. I feel like everyone listening is going to resonate with either one of those stories, either having that innate knowing and following that your whole life or climbing the ladder or climbing a certain mountain and realizing this isn't, isn't for you. Um, I think those are such like such journeys that I think most people are going to resonate with seeing themselves on one of them. Um, I'm curious, like, how did you, what was that process of getting out of the box? Like, was there resistance was from yourself, from others? Like, how did you shake that? And especially like at young ages, I feel like, and especially, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago, there wasn't these kinds of conversations happening, I think, mm-hmm. in on podcasts all the time. Um, so there wasn't that consciousness of, hey, maybe we shouldn't just put everybody in the exact same box for 80 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think for me, like, because of my scientific background and my corporate background, I had, a, I had like a foundation of understanding how the earth how the the universe works and then with the curiosity of sort of the the metaphysical world i was able to bridge those two worlds and actually become a conscious entrepreneur and it was it was a journey of shedding a lot of layers and a lot of i i would call them false programs that were put upon me of this is what you do this is what a responsible human does this is you go to school you get good grades you go to university you get the degree and or degrees in my case and then you go and get the job and you work that for the rest of your life and it was like it it made me it physically made me ill and i knew there was something more for me and so i just started trusting that and there was when I say more, there was like this visceral knowing and even like throughout this whole entire podcast thus far, I've had goosebumps. So I know that this is part of like what needs to come forward. And I just started trusting that inner sense more and more. And the more that I trusted it, the more that things clicked into place for me. And I think it was even, uh, I was working in corporate downtown, downtown Calgary, like 15 years ago, more than that, actually. And I said, I would really love to move to Vancouver. And like, it's just such an amazing city. I really want to be there. And one of my colleagues said, yeah, but don't you? And it was just like that. And I made the decision and then I just followed the clues. Everything clicked into place because I was so intent on being there. So I started living by intention or intent and just really following the the clues and the breadcrumbs that were being presented to me that really resonated with my heart and it's always freaking worked out oh my gosh so cool and i love that right before we hopped on live we pulled a daniela portrait bomb card that said intention is everything so there you go amazing how about you gary can you repeat the question? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I, was I know. To I know. Same. <laughs> going, what was the question? <laughs> I would love to hear your process of getting out of the boxes. And I mean, right. to start at the age of four, to be already 
pushing back on that when these conversations weren't happening 20, 30 years ago. And, you know, you've kind of alluded to it. Like, I'm guessing your parents weren't exactly like, sure, carve your own box just like we did. So what was that like for you? How, like, what was the resistance that you faced, both your internal, external, and how did you move through that? It was, um, yeah, a great question. Uh, I can really recall. Uh, <clears throat> our parents set us up for what they think is best for us. No fault of their own. But I innately knew that that wasn't my path. They always says, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? They had, say, I always tell this story. Our parents met and had an idea what their children would be like even before the children were born. So that energetic has been put into the field prior to that child be conceived. The child is conceived, the father say, let's say, my, I'm gonna have a son and he's gonna be a baseball player. The mother's thinking, I'm gonna have a daughter and she's gonna be a ballerina and she's gonna be famous. So their fantasy mind is playing already even before conception. Baby is born, it comes out, male or female, the response from either side is, oh shit, it's a, oh great, it is a, <laughs> you know, so, you know, they've already energetically, unconsciously put some energy on top of that child. So the responsibility of the child is right, already weighing the child down unknowingly. So the child grows up and there's a little confusion, father saying, oh, you were supposed to be a boy and I wanted to, and this is just hypothetical, of course. This is not, re- I don't know. It, it well, does happen. Oh, it no, does happen. Every, every parent right now is feeling personally attacked. Absolutely. Well, Myself <laughs> included. Oh, yeah. But it's what I found out. What I discovered is like, oh, oh my God, we do it unintentionally. We just do it. We just, it's our fantasy. It's our dream. And though dreams are energy and words are, and thoughts are energy. So it's put out. So when the child grows up, the child should be this, the child should be that because the parent wasn't this, or the parent is that the parent is a doctor. The child should be a doctor, you know, really let's tap into what the child really wants. Now we meet a lot of parents that are listening to their children and they're learning from their children. So I think my mom and dad, um, God bless their soul. They, did the best that they could to apply direction in my life, but they let me still be a creative. Even if my father forced me to go into hockey, forced me to go into baseball, do all the masculine things that men were supposed to be and boys were supposed to be, you know, and honestly, you know, I want didn't want ice hockey. I wanted it to be a figure skater. I didn't want to go basketball or baseball I wanted to like be on stage and perform and dance so in that time my parents let me be creative on that other side you know I you know this is going deep deeper into my childhood but I would perform for the neighborhood I would choreograph and design shows at a very early age grade three four and five and put them on in our backyard I have pictures of all this my parents took pictures and they thought it was great they didn't they weren't negative about it, but they still wanted me to pursue some. So um, education, of course, was very important to them and, you know, good grades, the whole thing. But I was always given the ability to um, create and be who I wanted to be, even if I did fight back and my father, you know, end up just giving in and saying, OK, you know, this is his path. And that was great of my parents. And uh, and that's what I wish for everybody to, you know, recognize your children come in to be something that they are supposed to be, not what we want them to be. How much we only can, I think holding their hand and being by their side, moving forward is more important than getting behind them and pushing them forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and what I would like to add to there is like the whole aspect of the unintentional energy. A lot of the time, people, parents don't even know that they're doing it. And, and then it, there's an unmasking process that the child, myself and Gary and, and people go through of letting go of that idea that, oh, this isn't necessarily the career that I'm going to be in for the rest of my life until retirement, which is a massively dirty word. Um, but it's, it takes a pro it's you're reconfiguring your identity of who you are and it takes, I don't think our culture supports that. And so it takes, I guess, professionals similar to us to help people through that process of letting go of those masks, letting go of those old programs, letting go of those old intentions that were put upon us. And, and it takes place on a multitude of levels. It takes place on the spiritual, the mental, emotional, and the physical. It's not just one, one layer. Mm -hmm. It's like I hear stories that, oh, my grandmother wanted my mother to be a nurse. My mother never grew up to be a nurse, but she wants to honor my grandmother's wish. So she'll put it on her daughter or son to become a nurse or a doctor. So that's, you know, like two or three generations past and it's still running in the system. So it's taking a look at yourself and it's like, okay, um, be open. That's all it is. Be open, aware, and conscious of our thoughts and our words that we're putting out to the universe and especially to those that we love. I love what you shared there. And I think what you did there was simultaneously hold up a mirror for all the parents out there, even those of us that think we're doing a great job. And just that reminder that our, you know, our thoughts, our intentions create the reality. And there's that, that pressure on our children, whether we're conscious of it or not, that we may be yes. putting out there. I think that's beautiful. And simultaneously, I think you also just framed it for each one of us who had parents, which is everybody, that that also happened to us. And so we are, unless we have consciously gone through the process of unmasking, of unlayering, of uncovering who we are, and unless we had parents that were like eons ahead of this, yeah. <laughs> um, we're all on this path of mm -hmm. unmasking, unlayering, peeling it back and, and uncovering who we are. So I yeah. love that you, how you frame that. Um, one of the things I always like love about spiritual introductions is I'll like, uh, you know, I introduce people or somebody else will be introduced. And I'm always like, I have no idea what this person does, but it sounds amazing and take all my money. So <laughs> 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 what you guys actually do uh, is guide people on plant. And I'm going to like just dumb it down here for a second. I know you I know you do so much more than this. It's hard to sum up in a sentence, but you you guide people on plant medicine journeys to help uncover this. Yes. Um if I had to boil it down. So, what did that Let's go personal here for a minute. What was your first plant medicine journey? <laughs> what <laughs> what happened? Tell us a story. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, I'll back that up just a smidgen and in university I had tried different psychedelics in a party atmosphere and so i sort of had some idea some inclination as to what i was getting myself into but i had already started my own business and i uh, had started my my own coaching business and that was all in the realm of like life career and spiritual advisory and i knew there was something more within me that hadn't been on that hadn't been discovered yet 
that there was layers there that were blocking me from actually getting to it. And so my intent was to go in and discover deeper gifts within myself that I had a sense were there. I just didn't know how to access them. And so I, I did that and it shifted my whole entire reality. I came back and I had found a deeper level of joy within myself. And I specifically even like, even in this conversation, remember standing, talking to the medicine man and saying, these are the conversations I want to be having with people exactly what we were in, in that moment. And these are the things that really like, again, I'm talking about now I'm covered in goosebumps. These are the conversations that make me come alive. So I know that that's why I am alive. And so, um, when on my very first journey, we could have a whole entire podcast about that journey in itself. Um, but I, I came back from that and I sat in meditation. And I asked, what's the next step? How am I to integrate this work that I just went through? And I was presented a vision of me guiding people and me learning how to actually guide people through these experiences. So I just started and spoke with the actual medicine man and said, look, this is what I was shown. Let's do this. And then Gary. We, uh, <laughs> we joke about this. It's like, I said to Robert when he said he was going on his journey uh, to the medicine man, I said, you go first, you know, you go see what it's like. He's like, I I'm okay, I can deal with my own shit. And, uh, which I couldn't. At the time, my mother was living with us and she had transitioned. So we were going through a bit of um, grief and um, sadness, and a little bit of anxiety from myself, which I've never experienced anxiety before. Uh, maybe that came around, the, the fear of death came through, those thoughts came through. And so um, as I spent a lot of time in the forest, I would honestly talk to the trees, the trees would give me answers. And when Robert came back, I noticed quite a shift in his um, energetic field, his personality. And we jokingly said he found his joy spot, which was great. <laughs> <laughs> that, that needs to be your new slogan that should be your marketing campaign <laughs> find your joy spot yeah, totally with the journeyman collective <laughs> uh, uh, every couple runs to you <laughs> that's a different service yeah, totally. <laughs> that costs more uh, <laughs> Okay, it's about me now. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> so when I noticed, I thought, he says, well, maybe you should go. And I said, well, I think so, too. So I spoke to the medicine man. Actually, we were in person. We were uh, where he lived, and we met him one. I met him and had a conversation with him. And we timed it out that um, we were going to spread my mother's ashes. So there was a um, small island off of Vancouver Island that her friends were living on. They found a great space to do this outside. And it was my mother's birthday when we spread the ashes. It was so the synchronicities were amazing with that. Uh, she loved hummingbirds and this hummingbird screamed at us as we were walking the forest. When we went to spread her ashes in the ocean, I know technically you're not supposed to do that, but we did it anyway, <laughs> you know, it was give back to earth, you know, so it was like it fed the fish. <laughs> Sorry, but it was a beautiful moment. <laughs> Bring it back in. It was a beautiful moment. Um, Ducks went by, swans went by, 
she always liked to feed the birds and the ducks. And there was a sailboat sailboat out in the distance in the water. She always wanted to be on a sailboat. And she always loved the view of the mountain. And then Mount Baker was in the background. So it was like all the three things, the quality of, of her life that she wanted and lived for was there at the moment. My hair standing on him. So I thought this was just great, great start for my journey. And the next day was my birthday. And I went and met the medicine man and um, embarked on my first uh, psilocybin journey and it's like oh, I've never experienced this before I went in with no expectations my intention was to clear that I call it quagmire and the depression and sadness and be open to whatever I was received and in the journey process um, I was shown that this is the path that we're supposed to be on uh, I can go deeper into the visuals, but it was basically Mother Gaia gave me a walking stick and said, you're good to go. And I'm looking at her in my mind, this visual, good to go where? She says, you're good to go without your shaman and you're good to go on your own and the, to be this your path. And it's like, oh, I cried. And I wrote it down in my diary and I called Robert. I said, this is what we're supposed to do. And he went, I know. So this is how we started. Mm -hmm. Clarity of purpose was yeah. shown and we stepped out of doubt and literally just okay this is what we're here to do yeah this is what we're here to this is what we're here to who we're here to be for other people in service to them so that they can find clarity of purpose and and actually the way that we facilitate is is like no other where we walk with you through the whole entire process the preparation the journey itself and the integration and we're with you, we're with you on the inside so that you can clear out the shite that no longer serves you, the programs, the masks, all of the, the, the baggage that you're carrying because no one's ever given you the space to do that. No one's ever actually like said, hey, this is an option for you. There's this bullshit paradigm in the, the, in the world that, oh my goodness, it's gonna fuck with my brain when no, it's actually gonna like expand your capacity for your life, for your love, for your business. And it's simply gonna allow you to increase your impact. Like society needs to get a freaking grip. <laughs> totally. As you're saying this, you know, the thought that came to my mind just there was like, we haven't even been given the, we haven't been given the time and space to do this. Most people mm -hmm. don't even have the time and space to take a real vacation, let alone yeah. go on the deep work. You know, that's how messed up I used to work in HR, so I used to see a lot of statistics on how few people take vacations. And you're right, our culture needs a complete flip around on this. Mm -hmm. I've heard you refer to something you call the uh, energetic load. What is that? I'm assuming that's part of the shite that you clear out. <laughs> what is that? Uh, what are you clearing? What are people carrying? What is that yeah. energetic load? Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll take a little uh, step back from that as well. And recognize that in yesteryear when we lived in tribes we would go and actually see a medicine man or we would see a spiritual advisor every three to four to five to six to seven years in those sort of like increments increments or those, those initiations that we would go through to give reverence for what you've been through what you've grown through in life let it go which gives you space in your being so that more things can come in. But in our current culture, the traumas and dramas and trials and tribulations of life are just stacked one on top of the other. We're given these superficial graduations in life, which don't actually allow 
human beings to clear it out. So it's stored the, the, the spiritual, the mental, the emotional, and the physical, the whole entire being is impacted by a lack of an, a lack of soulful integrity for the individual to rest into self. And there are so many different scenarios that have been, that are never addressed. And then we're 80 years old and we have pain and we have aches and we don't know what's going on. It's because when you were seven, your grandmother slapped her hand when you reached out to get a cookie. And then from that day forward, you would never actually reach for anything in your whole entire life. So you lived your whole entire life because of one situation. And if you had given yourself that time, you would have reached for more. You would have allowed yourself to receive more. Um, so that's sort of a big part of what energetic load is. It's stored in our nervous system. It's stored in our uh, emotions. It's stored in our idea of who we are. And that's what blocks us from actually truly connecting into a, a deeper aspect of self. You could always look at it. Uh, I always like this um, little scenario. So you're talking to your girlfriends and you say, oh, there's a guy over there I want to go date or there's somebody over there I want to go to date. And somebody says, well, I don't know if you really want to go date that person. They have a lot of baggage with them. So I've seen this vision of a lot of baggage we carry around with us. Sure, we start out with a small little handbag and it grows into a knapsack and then it grows into like something on wheels. A steamer trunk. A steamer trunk. And then it goes from there. You're still dragging it with you because you're repeating the story and putting it in back in the trunk. And then you get more trunks and more luggage. And if you looked at yourself walking down the road, how many pieces of luggage really are stuck to you? And I know we're talking about like baggage and energy and uh, some you know things that happen to us traumatic things but there are a lot of people that come see us that they're here to experience um enlightenment looking for another their purpose to lighten the load to lighten the load so there is there is the extremes you know there are some people that you know, they say, oh, I don't have a lot of baggage or a lot of energy blocks. But, you know, in the journey, we'll, we'll be exposed, we'll be exposed. And then you deal with it and you work from there and you move on. Um, so we get a balance of everybody coming through, some with a lot of baggage and some with only two pieces of luggage. So, you know, it's small clutch first. <laughs> totally. so, it's, it's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I would turn around and look at yourself as like how much old stories that I'm still bringing forward with me and what can I let go? Mm -hmm. Can I open up that trunk, reveal what's inside, pull it apart and cut it and leave it behind? Mm -hmm. And consciously pack what I want to bring forward with me. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Love that. Love that. I love too what you said about superficial graduations. I mean, like <laughs> I, yeah, I can, so many things that come to mind there, but especially even just the idea that every time we go to celebrate something, our first go-to is go to the alcohol in our culture, you know, and just like how that, in essence, robs us of really fully embodying, enjoying, and like feeling that, whatever that celebration mm -hmm. is. And of mm -hmm. course, on the other side too, when things go wrong, we also reach for the alcohol. So mm -hmm. super, super interesting. <laughs> so how do you guys practice this? Um, like, what does it look like for you to to connect to your inner self, to your inner voice, and what are ways that other people can reconnect to their purpose as well? Because I know you're not just going to tell people to go on 97 mushroom journeys in a year. <laughs> no. So we've those, heard stories like that. <laughs> those are the stories that we've heard 
Uh, yeah, like we spoke with one individual and she was like, yeah, I just spoke with someone and he had been on 97 journeys in one year. And that is total BS. So if someone is suggesting to you that you need to go on that many journeys, someone should have questioned that individual on the third or fourth one. Uh, a big part of what we put forward for people is it's a, it is a plant medicine journey, but it, there's also a, like a mastermind component to it whereby people learn how to touch back into the moments that they've explored in the journey and bring them into creation, bring them into some aspect of expression for themselves in life, love, or business. And it's, we practice this in every waking moment of our life. We, we live it. And uh, we spoke with someone the other day and we said there, there's really no difference to how we live our life every single day compared to when clients come and our, our home becomes the center. Obviously, we're not doing journeys every day on ourselves, but it's really giving ourselves time to stop every day, go inward, see what's there and unpack it and move with it. And not only unpack it, but we have the goals, we have the vision that we're living into. And we believe that when you have the goal and the vision that you're living into, you don't have to go looking very far for the, the energetic blocks or the stagnations to, to pop up. They're, they're going to come up for you. So you don't have to go looking for them. You just have to be willing to essentially transmute that stagnant energy. So you have to be willing to shift that energy and create from it. So it's, it's being presented to you so that you can create from it. Um, and it, it, can be, it can be a painful process, but I wouldn't have it any other way. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful life when people can really live from that heart space and be a conscious entrepreneur in every aspect of their life. I see our life as a river flowing down the river with flow. And of course, there's going to be obstacles called boulders in the way. We're all human. We're not perfect. There's going to be stuff come up as like, oh, that was not the right choice I should have made at that time. But I learned from it so I can grow from it. So we're here to take information, learn the information, imp implement the information moving forward. And that's because we're creative. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> like, how many languages came out of that one? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say it was light language. I just <laughs> let that one go. <laughs> Uh, the word creativity thank you there's uh, there's my thesaurus coming through oh my god so yeah we are creatives creatives and that's what we're here for and we learn by our path in the river the flow of the river and the bumps that we come up to on the way down is there a waterfall sometimes? Those are good times. And sometimes they can be a bit scary. So mm -hmm. it all depends on the moment. The idea is being present in the moment, uh, being here and now. And that's how we um, do our best to live the path forward. Mm -hmm. mm. So I hear kind of big picture. You see, your, you see the vision of what you're creating. You see your life as a river. In the moment, you're staying present, you're living your life the same way every single day, whether it's a day that you're guiding people or, or doing your own thing. What are some of those 
tools or like what are how are you staying present what are you doing to stay in that conscious space of flow of presence of being anchored to your vision when I'm assuming you still have to like maybe scrub a toilet or cook dinner or take out garbage or go do groceries or do those mundane things in life mm-hmm. taxes yeah. totally yeah, yeah exactly oh, running, running a business yes the, like, yeah the, the like oh booking a zoom call for someone or like setting up a a landing page or what have you like all of those things take place and i think there's this misrepresentation that those who are spiritual or those who are on uh, a growth path that it's all rainbow hearts and unicorn farts when it's not it's it's it takes it takes commitment it takes persistence it takes resolve and like the biggest thing is giving yourself time every single day to meditate to find what works for you in meditation and is it swimming is it sitting on a mat but the thing is whatever that meditation is it's not about the time on the mat it's about bringing that state into your every freaking moment of your life whether you're doing taxes whether you're taking the garbage whether you're scrubbing a toilet or cleaning up cat vomit off of the carpet like those are the times when it really tests you to see are you like a prime example is when the cat used to vomit on the carpet it used to really upset me because it's like oh no the carpet's ruined and i'd be like irritated for quite a while and the time that i'm in that is super super small now so it's decreasing the time that you're in frustration aggravation or that the shadow states and increasing your ability to tap into those moments of flow to tap into those moments of creation and i think making your life as if it was a meditative state is one of the the best things that we could probably give you today yeah it's um so you said the task at hand all the tasks that you labeled that you just mentioned it's our emotion behind the task mm-hmm. that you have to look at the intent the intent so you know sure we yeah exactly that's <laughs> the big word of the day um it is the motion is like oh my mm-hmm. god i gotta clean the toilet again but Oh my God, if you don't clean the toilet, who's going to clean the toilet? I know it's just a very generic thing. Mm-hmm. We can change the, the, the visual of it. But the thing is, it is, there is an emotion behind it. You know, are you guys scrubbing the living out of it? Or are you in there getting it done and moving on to the next thing that you need to do? Um, and the biggest thing that we've learned is try not to put off what you can do today. Is that the, what's the same? <laughs> Just don't put off what you can do today Start for tomorrow. Today. Start now. Start now. Uh, the weight is a bad word. W-A-I-T. Weight is a bad four-letter word. <laughs> bad, bad. Unless you're telling a dog to wait or stay. There's a totally different scenario there. But I got up, you know, honestly, looking back, when we were making the purchase of our center and home in Kelowna, when we were living in North Van, we were doing what we were told by the realtors and the way the lawyers were saying, step by step by step. I woke up to Robert says, I'm tired of fucking waiting. <laughs> and we moved forward. Mm-hmm. And then the energy changed. Yeah. It changed. So it's like we see things, you know it's supposed to be done. 
And if you put it off till tomorrow, it just gets more and more of the stuff that's supposed to be done. So we've learning that's a practice of seeing it, doing it, and it's complete and move on. And then not to have a negative emotion about it. Check in with your emotion. Sure, taxes are not fun. We just told ourselves that they're not fun. Taxes could be fun. And if you don't like doing taxes, there is somebody out there that loves to do your taxes for you. So there's ways about of not doing things that we don't really want to do that don't make us happy or we feel we can do other things mm -hmm. so yeah and it's i think that the biggest thing at the thirty thousand foot level there is be intentional like the very first letter in intentional is i so it's it's up to you what is that undercurrent so this is another thing that uh your listeners can be with is what is the undercurrent of all of the intentions What's the undercurrent of the intention in your relationships? What is the undercurrent of the intention in your business? What is the undercurrent or, or over, overcurrent, overtone? Um, what is that intent? What's underlying every aspect of your, your, of your life? And if you can start to tap into higher and greater levels of prosperity, gratitude, appreciation, love joy peace harmony and as as cliche as that may be it's all controlled by universal law and when we live in accordance to universal law then our lives become easier are there still challenges heck yeah but we have a greater capacity to work with them and work through them and grow from them so like modus operandi of being a human on planet earth is to grow and if you can create a business out there whereby you're growing and then the people around you are growing your business is growing and then you're actually having like an actual positive impact on the people that are around you like what better life could you ask for yourself where you're opening other people up to higher levels of abundance, higher levels of being happy. Like we even had a client that came and worked with us. Her goal was, I just want to be happy. And, and that's all her posts now on Instagram, Facebook, all about her happiness and the happy things that she's doing. She's and happiness is, is pouring it over to her family, to her grandchildren, to all the people around her. Mm -hmm. So she's emanating this happiness energy, which is contagious. And, 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 you know, everybody loves it. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Wow. Oh, I'm having goosebumps and chills too. So beautiful. So beautiful. So, I mean, I, one of the big things I work with people on goals, but I always flip it because for me, it's not about, and I know you guys actually said this to me too, which I love that it's not about who you become in the, or sorry, it's not about like the thing that you achieve. It's who you become in the process. And one of my <laughs> first slides, whenever I do uh, keynotes or workshops, I always just go, say goals equals intentions. And I think that like you said there, you know, what's your intention for your business? What's your intention for your marriage, your relationship, your home, your family? Like what I've learned and I'm, I'm feel like you probably see this too, is that most people have never stopped to ask that question. Most people have never given themselves the time to answer that question. And then we also don't give ourselves the time to check in and, and evaluate. Am I living this intention? Am I doing this? Is this still the right intention? Has have things changed? How have things shifted? And um, I do think that's such a beautiful foundation. So meditation, walking. I personally love breath work. You told me there's some sort of a trick to around holding a ball. 
<laughs> that might also help people get present. Like, what mm-hmm. what is yeah. what kind of balls are we holding yeah. here? Tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a pickleball. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> so one of the things that i love to do is we have different chairs in our home and they're typically set in like a place with a view um this can even be just a a pillow to sit on but it's about giving yourself time and permission to be in a reflective state and benjamin franklin was um he would sit in a chair in meditation and he, he would hold onto a ball. And typically he would know that he got into that flow state when the ball dropped. Ah, oh, I love that. Cause he, 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 let, go. he let go. So this is, we're so freaking wound up and tight. And even if you have a goal, sometimes you can be so grippy and, and grasping at it that this is what I want. And when we release, and open up more energy can flow to us more ideas a different way can be shown but sometimes people are so attached to the goal like when we when we were moving toward buying a center there were a number of different places that we wanted to buy and the universe just kept bopping us along like no this isn't the one this isn't the one this is the one and we just released and let go and as a result more ideas came in as to what it could look like. And it's it's even freaking better than what we had intended when we actually set out to buy our very first center. So it's like if people can just learn how to let go, learn how to surrender mm-hmm. into universal law, allowing energy of ideas, of new ideas. What's one of the best questions that you can ask yourself is, I wonder what it looks like. I wonder what it looks like for the path forward to be one of ease and grace and flow as I'm building my business. The easiest thing that I've worked with is learning to, I always say this, if you want to start, think with the heart and love with the mind. Wow. And it it just gives you that moment to come back to you. That's all it is. Come back to you. Take a breath. Take a breath. Think with the heart. Love with the mind. And it's scientifically proven that the heart is freaking like so much more powerful. So we're we're letting go of the intellect of like this is the way it has to be. This is what the way it's gonna be. Letting go of the intellect and stepping into a higher level of innate intelligence. And then when we learn how to run with that energy and learn how to read those signs. That's when whatever you're in just becomes amplified. And that's where the exponential growth of you, life, love and business can actually take place. So amazing. Great words of wisdom. I'm so excited to get those like unquote graphics and share them all the time because they're beautiful. It's great. I love that. Um, so good. And isn't it so cool how science is finally starting to match up to some of these things? Um, I mean, I guess it's probably matched up for a long time, but it always just blows my mind. I, you know, everyone can really resonate with the energy of a hockey arena, you know, and the home team. And there's so much amazing research that shows the home team, you're more likely to win at home than you are not at home. And everyone gets that energy, but it's so interesting how, like, when you start 
when you, as soon as you exit the arena, it's like people are like, oh, energy, this is like a different concept. It's, it's, it doesn't exist or it's hippie or it's woo or whatever that is. And it's so funny because like, I don't know what happens between being in an arena and getting it and walking outside where people seem to like lose and forget that like that energy is still there and it can still be mm-hmm. channeled. And maybe instead of wasting it on the Canucks again and again and again, maybe we can use that energy for something else. Just saying Canucks, just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> but it's the alcohol they drink at the arena that dampens their energy field when they leave. Yes. Uh, unless they win, I have to say. Uh, so we live we they live right win. next to the arena. And uh, we can tell, I can tell just by like watching people as they leave, you know, 20,000 people as they walk out, I can tell if the Canucks have won or lost because I can see the energy in the people. It's so interesting. Yeah. So yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, hockey. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Gary. Totally not your thing. <laughs> no, totally not. As I said, I wanted to be a figure skater. I don't want to be a hockey player. <laughs> I don't blame you. No, I don't blame talk you. about figure skating, that'd be different. <laughs> uh, so let's talk then about psychedelics. Like, does everyone need to be on psychedelics? Do we all need to be doing the mushrooms? Well, we talk about this. We think everyone should experience one journey in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And sometimes one is all you need. Yeah. 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 A big part of what we love to focus on in the guided journey experience is that you are going to be shown specific pieces of information, which, ha- which it's your duty to respect that and be responsible for it. And it's also where you get to translate what's presented to what's presented to you into some form of creation into some new idea into some aspect of your business that may already be in existence or a new business and that can take years to integrate so there there is a it's a little bit of a wild west out there right now where like people are going on journeys every weekend or every month and it's like just stop like applied integration integration is another word that's thrown out there and i think a lot of people have no sweet freaking clue what that actually is i am still integrating things from my very first journey and i know that i will be integrating that journey for the rest of my life so it's is being respectful of the potency of a plant medicine journey. And it's actually, and this is true for any personal development program is like, are you applying what you just learned? Are you putting it into practice? Or are you just gonna stay in the hamster wheel of like, oh, once I take the next course, once I take the next journey, then I'll get on with my life, then I'll get on with my purpose. It's like, no, start now. But it's, it's allowing yourself to move through a psychedelic experience in a guided scenario because we've heard a lot of stories that when the guidance isn't there that's when it can really get scary for people and then the other piece too is be with a guide who has the highest level of integrity for your soul for your spirit because one of the things that we say And one of the things that we are for people is it's no greater honor to tend to somebody's soul, to tend to somebody's spirit, to help another person 
weed their own inner garden and get rid of the shit that no longer like serves that individual and so be very very mindful of who's guiding make certain that they have a high degree of aptitude a high level of attunement and that it's your intent that is of utmost importance for that journey and that they have a high level of integrity because it's a it's crazy some of the stories that we hear about what's going on out there and um that's a whole nother podcast um sounds so yeah. juicy nope. <laughs> so maybe you can tell us a little bit more about what the journey is and like how how you do this why guides are so important because i you're right there's still a lot of you know there's the party culture of just taking it there's a lot of people i i have friends that just like do it themselves and and hope for the best true i guess um you know what is the difference for people that are new to it like the idea of the journey and having a guide and what is it about that having a journey with the journeyman collective that makes it such a unique transformational experience uh we have an offering and it's a four-month offering that we um provide clients and what does that include uh, there'll be about four weeks of prep work, working with us on a Zoom call once a week. Uh, and there's video content uh, to assist you on your journey process to prepare you for the journey. Uh, we can go in deeper details later on, but that's the gist of the first month working with us. And then you would be uh, in person with us here in BC, and you would spend four full days with us. There would be two ceremonies, so that would be with psilocybin, and there would be two days of integration. And in that time, we are with you from the moment we pick you up at the airport to the moment we drop you off at the airport. You have your time when, you, of course, you're tucked in your room and in your own bed, but the time is spent almost 24-7 with us. It's not uh, 9 o'clock you do yoga, 10 o'clock you do breath work, 11 o'clock you have lunch, 12 o'clock you go for a walk. It's very organic and we listen and we attune ourselves to the needs of our clients that are with us at this time. Some of them want time of their own. You know, They want journaling time, which is great. They'll want to go sit in the hot tub or go for a swim in the pool or want to go to the lake for a swim or climb in the mountains. We will do whatever the need of that client is asking. Mm -hmm. And then after the four days with us, we encourage you and we prepare you to go out into the quote real world um, and we are with you for another two months, three. three months. I always say two, but it's three months. Yeah. It's four weeks integration, again, back on Zoom with a Zoom call once a week and some more video content. And also we're available if you need us in between those calls. Uh, if things are happening in your life or you just want uh, somebody to talk to, to help you integrate even more. And then after that, we sort of, we say, take the training wheels off and uh, speak to you uh, twice a month for the next two months. And again, we're available if you need another call. But that rounds out to about a four month offering that we put forward to our clients. Mm -hmm. I mean, that sounds incredible. And I feel like you don't even really need to tell me what like what, uh, how, why that would be so different. Cause I feel like anybody listening just inherently can feel the difference between here's something I've done one night on a whim 
by myself or with some friends versus such a beautiful container and support and um, like alchemy comes to me too, you know, like this just beautiful creation mm-hmm. process. But what mm-hmm. are, you know, what are some of the possibilities that you see come through this? We don't even need to contrast it mm-hmm. with the party. Like what, what kinds of things yeah. come through from a container like this and offering like this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had, there's so many different stories. Um, the first one that comes to mind is we worked with a, a doctor in the U.S. and he had always had this idea of like what he really wanted to do with his um, with his profession. And it, it wasn't in the allopathic or the mainstream world of sitting there writing prescriptions for people. And he had, he he came and worked with us and he had been on several plant medicine journeys with other people and there was little to no integration whatsoever. And when he worked with us, we it's not that we hold people to task, but we, we help people be accountable to themselves. And he, he learned to trust himself and learned to trust that bigger vision and that bigger reality that he wanted for himself. So he left the allopathic world. He's now an owner of his own retreat center. He puts on workshops. He has his own um, center as well um and he's he freaking loves his life he's no longer depressed to get up every morning to get to go to work and uh people leaving us have found contentment for the first time in their life and as a result they retire um and people with different levels of pain different levels of emotional pain uh different levels of of mental pain that people no longer experience and um, people that recognize that, oh, it's not just about the money. They're actually committed to only doing that, which they're passionate about and purposeful about. And then as a result, that's when the money flows anyway. So, um, yeah, there's so many people that we've worked with as well that, um, and this is very specific, but again, it's coming to mind that have experienced pregnancy loss and uh, not knowing how to move through that process. So that has um, taken place quite a bit with a lot of our um, um, people that we've worked with, both men and women, um, because obviously the, the, the man is involved in the process as well. It's not just the actual um, woman who's housing the child. Um, what else can you think of? I, contentment, I think Robert said that, and they come out with more of um, their true self, is exposing their true selves. They step into the world with their strength. I always call it back, you're back in alignment with your pillar of strength, and you're presenting yourself as the true you. As we said earlier on in the, the beginning of the call is release the masks. Leave the masks at the door, leave the luggage at the door, and always say, leave the garbage at the side of the curb so the garbage man can come and collect it and take it away for you. We sometimes have to hold them back so they don't go running after the garbage anymore, but it's okay. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Um, People feel safe and secure yeah. to truly be themselves. Yeah, here, yeah. They rest into themselves when they come working with us. As we said, we probably haven't said that, our environment is a luxury environment, and that's what we went through for our journey, and this is what we present to our clients. Um, There's loads of opportunities out there to experience a journey in uh, like Costa Rica and Peru, and those have those purposes. Uh, But uh, we love it that uh, our clients feel at ease and safe and trusting 
uh, trusting us and mm-hmm. trusting the process that they're going through at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with that, the, the outcome for that trust, I'm just, again, another story just popped in my head of like an individual that we, we spoke with like February of last year and he was like humming, humming and hawing, but like, do I do this now or do I wait? And we're like a year later and he's finally taken the plunge to go out there and create the business that he's always wanted to create. So it's just the beginning for him. And like, again, there's like no greater joy. I'm just like filled with goosebumps thinking about him that he's finally taken the plunge. He's finally taken the leap. So it's, it's, uh, it's for those who are willing to be brave and courageous and, um, really trust themselves. Yeah. Beautiful. One of the things I've heard you refer to, and I think this is, this is so, um, indicative of people actually integrating and doing the work. You know, you've said that people see, I hate to sound so like our culture, but like people see results for like ever and ever and ever, you know, like it isn't just like, uh, I've come in, Mm -hmm. I feel, you know, for four months, things are great. Or even just for like the next year, things are great. Or I, but like the, here we go. I sound like a banker. Like the return on investment just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I need a better way of saying that. But do you know what I mean? Like the snowball of the snowball continues to grow. So Mm -hmm. what is it about journeys that allow people to continue to have, to continue continue to grow and have that not just be a thing that happens within four months or even Mm -hmm. a year or even three years? Like you said, you you know, you're still integrating your first one. How? mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's exactly, that's the thing of that. I think as a society, we're programmed that anytime a trauma, a trauma or a drama happens in our life, we can return to that moment instantaneously and talk about it. And we can tell everyone and anyone about that trauma or the drama of the girlfriend broke up with me, the boyfriend broke up with me, or she cheated on me. Um, so many different stories. Um, and what we lovingly do for people is in the, in the guided experience, we're with you on the inside. and. Uh, like on the, in the, in the, on the energetic realms. And so that whole entire experience, what happens is you're given different, you're given new information instead of the traumas and the dramas, you're given new brilliant ideas or, and some of them you may not even understand. You may not have a bandwidth or a capacity to understand it. And that's why we're there to help you pull those threads out of that sort of jumbled um, ball of, of ideas. And it's about returning back to those touchstone moments when you may, when you, when you might be feeling out of alignment, when you feel like there's a lot of chaos happening and it's returning to those touchstone moments and bringing them back into the now and asking yourself, what am I to learn from this? What am I to create with this new understanding now that I've learned from it? And then you have to go and create it. You have to be brave enough to put that step forward and create. So there, there's a way that we guide people that, yeah, like the return on investment is, it's gonna be there for the rest of your life if you are willing to be with it, if you're willing to continue to, to give it that high degree of reverence and that high degree of, of intention and um, and that high degree of integrity for your own being. What is 
integration actually look like? Do you have some great stories there? Yeah, I think the an easy one to kind of understand is okay. I just go start the business, but I know that there's so much there's so much more than that, right? What else? What else does integration mm-hmm. look like? It is, it is a practice. It is a new way of being, isn't it? It's learning uh, to release habits that we are doing unconsciously. So the habitual patterns of doing and being in life is running in the, in the background as your program. So once you've completed a journey or started a journey or, and on your own without the journeyman, it's looking at, oh, that old pattern's creeping up from behind again, and it, it's easy to fall back. It mm-hmm. is so much easier to go back there. The, the challenge is you're here to challenge yourself and to grow. The idea is to look at it going, that no longer serves me. I am moving forward in this path, in this way of thinking, in this way of doing and being. So it's catching yourselves in the moment on the teeter-totter habitual way of being or the newer being, newer way of being on the other side. So it's finding that balance and learning from it and growing from it. So it's a skill that you're We'll call it, in a way, re-educating yourself. Mm-hmm. You're, you're re-educating yourself on all of those levels. levels, the spiritual, the mental, the emotional, and the physical. And, and one of the things that like, I can, from my own history, my own growing up, is like there is this idea that, oh, Grandmother Grover, she was a worrier. And oh, yes, my father was too. And oh, yes, I am too. And it's like when you really look at that, it's like, well, do you want to be that person? No. So it's, it's witnessing those times and basically saying, no, we're not going that way anymore. We're not doing it that way anymore. And there's an easier, more lightful way that you can create and that you can be. And as a result, better things start happening mm-hmm. in your life. The synchronicities start to flow. Um, yeah. It's learning to quiet the monkey mind, we'll call it. Uh, what it is, is you can't quiet the monkey mind. The monkey mind is always there. The thing is, you're going to turn around and talk to the monkey mind now instead of it talking to you. And you're going to say, hey, we're not thinking that way anymore. If you want to come along on my life's journey, you follow the path that I'm leading. You're there, and I may listen to you sometimes, but I am the leader. You're not. So stay on the shelf and be quiet and move forward. It's catching those moments where the mind goes, blah, 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 the negative, negative, or you can't do it. You're not worth it. You're not, what are you doing? You're not worthy of it. You don't need to earn that much money. Why do you think you deserve it? It's like that talking can be dampened and retrained to the way that you want to think. Mm-hmm. Make the monkey mind your bait. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all need that. We all need to make the monkey mind our bitch, for sure. For sure. Yeah, and I love what you said there too about the monkey mind, because I was curious about that, you know? And I think we're so often like consumed in it and we just like hear it mm-hmm. as truth and as reality. And so there's something to be said for that separation of seeing it, witnessing it, but not getting sucked into it, not being it, like yeah. seeing yeah. it like from a different perspective for what it is versus being in it and being twirled around in it. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Yeah, observe I, it. Yeah, I see a, a little monkey, the wind-up monkey, and little symbols hitting back and forth. Bang, bang, bang is what you hear in your head. All you need to do is put foam in between, and it silences the banging. Mm. Or even just like I feel like sometimes my head is between the symbols, and I feel totally. like I just need to like pull, you know, you, you, pull my head out of it. You know, like it's even just that, exactly. that ability that I can even do that, right? Yeah. Mm. Stop. <laughs> Breathe. Yeah, come into heart. Yeah. <laughs> come back into the moment. Yeah. Put the yeah. phone between the symbols. I love that visual too. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, so I feel like on this, because I've got you here, I feel like I'm going to just selfishly have a little bit of a personal pep talk that I feel like I know someone else is going to need out there too. Um, but you've referenced slowing down to speeding up. And holy moly, I struggle to slow down. Like between motherhood, solo parenting, three, four businesses, like life. And I, I'm also somebody, like I really believe um, like my inner child like loves to be doing and creating and like I, I just like get so much energy from being with people and adventures and experiences like that's what fills my soul. So like there is a really big part of me that um, it's not only cultural, uh, there's parts of that are definitely cultural hustle, but there's also part of me that just like loves like fully being in life and experiencing it and, and embracing it. But I feel like I probably need a bit of a slowdown. Um, so what is, tell me about slowing down to speed up. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. How does it work? How do I do with this <laughs> for anybody else out there like me? Who's go, go, go type a, um, and, and is open to different perspectives. What do you say to that? Mm-hmm. You, you come and work with us. <laughs> okay thanks for coming to this episode uh, well <laughs> so no like just to paint that picture like for us when people come and work with us you're with us for four full days and sometimes people will start the day with us and be like okay what's on the agenda i was like no we don't work like that or like how long are we going to be out for a walk it's like no we don't work like that we literally just a few months ago we were working with someone a brilliant entrepreneur and she has been a firecracker, a go-getter since the age of like 14. And uh, she has never, ever stopped. And it wasn't until her mid-40s where she gave herself permission to stop. And she actually like had a nap. And it was like, that was something completely out of the box for her, but it was so restorative for her as well. And so it's like, if you if you can't give yourself four days just once in your lifetime to just slow down, really be with yourself, clear out the old energy. It's like clearing out the old clothes from your closet that no longer fit you. And when you do that, when you, when people come and work with us, that's what happens. It's just four days. So it's like, you gotta give your head a shake if you can't, figure that out in your life to yeah just the the speeding up happens because you've given yourself the time to slow down so and the speeding up takes place because you have greater clarity so it's to paint a picture is like you're walking around life with a, a cloud of 10 different things to do in every waking moment and that great great cloud is actually clouding your perception it's clouding your ability to see things clearly so when you slow down clarity ensues when you have someone there with you to to help you clear out the the energetic inner closet 
and because of that clarity, you're more decisive, you're, you're more attuned to your inner being and the thing like life just flows more easily and more gracefully. Uh, you said struggle at the beginning of the little intro here. Um, struggle with like, what is the struggle is what I would ask you, why do you think you're in struggle? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm like, where are we going with this? Um, the, yeah, totally. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess in the context of this specifically, like the reality or what feels like the reality, let's I'll give myself that, uh, what feels yeah. like the reality of the season of life that feels very full of, okay. of child, of business, of just like keeping a house of aging family members like and then also the desire to want to do fun and adventurous things and connect and and you know that I think that would be the that's sort of the piece that's like well where do you like how do I like how do I stop slowing down from becoming one more thing on the too long to-do list and like yeah. I don't have time to clean my closet all that clothes is just sitting in the back seat we've been driving around with it for six months kind of thing <laughs> You know, um, like, how does it stop? How does it not just become one more thing to do? Like, oh, now, now yeah. I have to add nap to the to-do list. Yeah, totally. Uh, is, I just wrote down, find one thing to unplug from. It's, you know, choose one thing, you know, whatever it is. Uh, the simple thing is, can you unplug for the phone? Can you unplug from the ear pods? The music that's going in, the music is, it, it can be calming, but can be a distraction also. Because um, when your music is playing and you're doing another task, are you present in the moment doing the task without the distraction in your ears mm -hmm. or the distraction of the phone? The idea is, is like narrowing it down to I'm here and now doing this task and the next task. I know it's on my list, but I'm not thinking about it while I'm doing this task mm -hmm. number one. And that's where the struggle comes from. Yeah. Because you're doing one thing, but you're already in the future doing, doing, five, other. doing five other things. Yeah. And as a result, that's where the heaviness comes from. So if you can release, rewrite the story of struggle and be present in what you're doing, then you're just going to have more energy to, to share with your, your husband and share with your child and share with the, the four businesses that mm -hmm. you're in. How can it be easeful mm -hmm. doing all these tasks for me? Yeah. I wonder what it looks like for it all to be easy. Yeah, mic drop. <laughs> so good. I love that. And I love the can I can I just unplug one thing? You know, I think that one also needs yeah. to go on like a on a card, on a t-shirt, on my forehead for everybody. That's so good. Because it's so true, you know, it's super easy these days. We're so plugged in and it makes it really mm -hmm. easy to multitask and to not be present, you know, to be doing dishes and look outside and be like, I wonder what the weather's going to be like and be able to check our device or ask Alexa or whatever that is. Right. And so it's amazing how much we get pulled. And I, I love such a simple, beautiful little piece, little nugget there. Can I unplug from just one thing? And the answer is yes, absolutely. We, yeah, yeah just one thing. I love that super like bite-sized doable. We can all do that. So thank you for that yes. reminder. I love it. So good. So good. Um, okay. 
A couple controversial questions and then we're going to wrap it up because, you know, we're going to like to end it a little spicy. Um, so <laughs> this is a, I know there's different opinions on this, but I'm curious your perspective on the spiritual medicine versus the the clinical model of psychedelics. Because mm-hmm. um, there is, uh, I, I, I don't know a lot, but I watched the movie Dose, both of them, and I saw that they're creating uh more clinical ways of accessing these medication or these medicines. Um, what's your perspective on it? Mm. <laughs> is it actually holistic? So is it whole? Does it actually encounter, does it in, encapsulate and encompass all of the aspects of the human being? Or is it putting it again, like, like back to the first of our talk today? Is that, is it putting things in a box? Is it going to limit things? Is it giving people access to the medicine? Yes. The thing is, one of the the things that we really believe is that you're not just a mental, emotional being. And we even were asked like, are, are you guys mental health professionals? It's like, actually we're spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical professionals. So it's not just one. Um, and if you're only working with someone who's a mental health professional, I would reconsider who you're working with. We need a lot of mics to drop here. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So true. You know, it it has its benefits. Mm-hmm. We're not denying that at all. Totally. There's going to be work that's been created from just using or taking the psilocybin and putting it into a clinical state, there's definitely benefits there. But also there is the part that is being missed, as Robert says, is the spiritual connection to that. You know, not everybody wants to get spirituality, but we are all spirit anyway. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, let's just this wake up. Is spiritual. Everything's spirit. Everything we're even we're talking on the screen is spiritual. It's not, it's not, it's coming in and working on yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. And it's not, a Western medical pill to take and it's going to fix you, you have to work with it moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like, we even had someone contact us one day and they're like, oh, I can come this weekend and we can do it like over a day. It's like, no, that's not the model. And... But she had watched something on television or a documentary that snipped it down to a one day journey was the end all and be all that fixed her depression. Yeah. And this is what this client wanted to do because this is what she saw. Mm-hmm. So there's misrepresentation of what the medicine actually can do and the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. So it takes work, inner work, as well as putting the inner work into your world, into your outer world. And that's the piece that I'm concerned that the clinical side may be actually missing. Mm. Mm. I like it. Juicy. Uh, so let's, you know, one of the things I talk about in the introduction, and we talked about this before when we connected, um, on the mental health note, you know, I love that there's more talk about it, that it feels like some taboo has been stripped about it, but it feels like all we do is talk about the fact that it's totally normal and everybody's depressed and everybody's anxious and everybody's struggling with mental health. And you guys refer to something called the gap and the gain. And I'm wondering if you could touch on that, how that relates to mental health and what we should be doing instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, the, the Gain and the Gap is actually a brilliant book for high achievers. Um, and 
part of that comment that we were speaking about comes from that, but it also comes from the fact that if you're only focusing on the depression, and I think this is tying back to the clinical thing as well, in that if you're only focusing on the depression, but you're not focusing on some aspect of creation, then you're just going to stay in that freaking hamster wheel. You're going to continue to be depressed. And, and mental health, again, it's, it's not just one level. You're, you're working on a number of different levels with the human being. And if you're, you're only focused on one level, then you're not respecting the whole human being. So yeah, it's, yeah. There's... What's the gain then? Like what's the gain that you see as opposed, so if I'm str struggling with depression or I, I experience anxiety, mm -hmm. um, like what, what is the gain there? Like, what's the other thing I should be focused or could be looking at that maybe I'm not? And what, what is our culture missing in this conversation? I guess is the question. Mm -hmm. It's the, the gain is in my perspective is what are you, what are you focused on growing toward? What is the vision that you actually have? It's giving yourself permission to create something that you're going to grow toward. So it's, if you focus on that aspect of your visionary reality, then that's where the depression, which is essentially self-doubt and self-worry that you've been doubting on yourself and worrying about yourself constantly, and you haven't given yourself permission to go after that thing that you really want. And that's where if you focus on where you're going, if you focus on the, the goal or if you focus, focus on the visionary reality, that's what will allow you to be in the game you're going to gain. You're going to gain a lot of self-confidence. You're going to gain greater happiness, greater contentment, greater joy, greater love for self, and yeah, there's there's a lot of yeah. Th th this whole gain out of the gap aspect is another whole entire podcast as well because there are people who are only focused on talking about trauma, for example, and it's like if you are always talking about it then you're not you're giving your energy to it 100% and then as a result you have no energy left to go out there and create what you really want to create you're creating the gap which gets deeper and deeper and deeper from the gain which is at the top of the graph so it's the like an up and down graph mm. so there's valleys in this graph the valley may start short but if you cannot let go of the story that you're repeating in your mind, the gap gets deeper and deeper and the climb to the gain gets harder and harder. Mm -hmm. So the idea is let's nip it in the bud and get it as soon as possible and realize like, okay, does it really serve me or not? And this is where we come in. Uh, this is where um, like talk therapy can be good at the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, 25 years of talk therapy. I don't know whether it's a good thing or not, but it's, you know, there is the purpose, there is a place for it. Yeah. And finding out it was like, oh, the story that it's telling from 1980 about this costume that I want to wear or this dress I want to wear isn't, I ain't going to fit in it, but I'm still telling myself it's 2023 and I think I can fit in this 1980 dress and it's not going to work. Okay, let go of that. What's the emotion attached to that? And that's where we dive in and assist you with that journey process side by side. Mm -hmm. you, it's And the thing is, because I know people will be like, oh, that's spiritual bypassing. He's like, no, we can acknowledge the aspects that have the pieces of our life that we've grown through, we can acknowledge them, we can shed those layers, we can shed 
all the energies, the spiritual, uh, emotional, mental, and the physical pieces of those traumas and dramas, but it's not about living in them. When we live in them day after day after day after day, that's where you're stuck in the gap and you're not allowing yourself to move forward. So it's dip in, focus on where you're going, focus on growth. And when you do that, those pieces will inadvertently pop up for you to like be with. And so it's almost like you're, you're going to step on, uh, you'll step on the rake and it'll smack you, but it's not like you're always going to be stepping on those rakes um, because the path will be shown. So when we focus on growth, when we focus on where we're going in that visionary reality, it can just, it, it eases the pain of anything that you've been through uh, because you're actually purposefully creating your life. Amazing. Yeah, I feel like we do need a whole other podcast on that. Uh, I'm going to link the book in the show notes. Uh, it's by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy, who I was so yep. funny that this came up because I just finished their other book, uh, Who Not How, and it was beautiful and so good. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm really excited to check this one out too. And I do, yeah, I just, I echo everything you say there. I think it's one of the one of the problems I've experienced that I try and be really conscious of in even the personal growth world is like, are we always just trying to fix, fix, fix ourselves? Or are we actually like, mm -hmm. do we see where we're going? And are we, and in your words, like amplifying mm -hmm. what's already in us and like working with the brilliance and the, and the, the beauty that we have within us, or are we always just trying to fix, fix, fix our problems? So <laughs> love it. Absolutely. So good. So good. Um, we'll have to have you back to, to dive into all that. So good. Um, okay. Um, how do you suggest people go about choosing guides? Because I feel like it's one thing to be having a conversation with people uh, when you're, you know, totally, I'm using the word sober, I don't know if that's the appropriate word, but like just kind of, you know, normal versus like someone may not know what they're going to be like in a, a having used psychedelics and they may not know what they're going to need. And how do you, how do you make that match? Cause it's sort of two different states of consciousness. How do you make a decision for in one state of consciousness for what you're going to need in another? Mm -hmm. So for us, when people apply to connect with us, we typically have at least two conversations, sometimes three, sometimes four, sometimes more before we actually bring them into the entire process because we need to know where they're at what's going on in their life what's taking place again on, on those four levels and and then then we bring people in once we have an understanding of where they're at where they want to go do we sense and does the person on the other end sense that we're an actual fit so talk to your people Talk to your, your potential guides that you might be working with and ask them questions. Do, do you guide from the inside is one of the things that um, we want people to start asking. Do you help people apply the actual journey? Are you applying integration? Are you there with us? What does that look like? And um, ask them about integrity. Ask them about their intent. Ask them about... Um, their process and see if it jives with you because one of the things that we do it's it, it is a psychedelic journey but it's also a mastermind that takes place as well and it's more focused on on conscious entrepreneurs executives professionals um so like we had someone reach out to this to us this morning and 
um, the individual is suffering with extreme PTSD. It's like, that's not our lane. So we'll potentially try and find someone or connect you with someone else who might be able to help you. Mm. Mm. So, so good. Yeah. Um, also check out your environment and the setting. It's very important. Mm -hmm. uh, where are you going and how many people are going to be in the environment with you? Yeah. Are the the people that are performing the ceremony, are they just sitters or are they actually going to assist you during the journey process? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, we got And talking to your friends is good, but you sometimes that's their shit that they're trying to share about their experience and you really don't need to hear it. You need to do your research. Highly recommend go online. There is so much out there and find out what resonates with you and what connects. And uh, yeah, check out our website and compare us to other people. Um, and not saying we're better, we just offer something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we work with one to four people max at a time. So it's either a solo or power partners or like group setting is four people and no more than that. And that really honors the person. It honors their development and is really easy to hide in large groups. So there's no hiding when you come and work with the German Collective. Yeah, I love that. So, so great. You know, I, I'm a people person and when I, but when I hear about stories of like 15 or 18 people, like, or 20 or 70 or 200. Yeah, like I, that, yeah, to me. And I mean, I, I think it's all, this is where what you said there is important to know what resonates for you. Like that does not yeah. resonate for me to have that experience with that amount of people and all of that stuff for me personally. Um, so I love that you just do these, this, it, you have to know what you like. And I love that you've shared yes. what I know for you guys too, what works for you and where do you do your best work and where's your magic and where's your brilliance that, that you that you've created this offering in this journey and this process that works for your people. So, so beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about your guided meditation that you have for those of us that need to slow down. Where can we find it? What, where is it? Tell me all the things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll provide that uh, meditation and it's literally just about you tapping into your energy centers, otherwise known as your chakras and learning how to, to cleanse and clear those energy centers and at a physical level, your energy centers are, are like nerve bundles. So it's learning how to use intent, using intention to cleanse and clear your energy centers. Exactly. And when we cleanse and clear those energy centers, then more information can come in. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a simple process that's taken a few decades to create for people, but it's a, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful meditation that we can provide for your people. Amazing. I'm going to check it out right away. I, I can't wait. That's, that's beautiful. Sounds wonderful. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go into our rapid fire questions. Um, so I want to know what's a goal that you're working on right now. And it could also be intention. Oh, rapid fire. This is supposed to be rapid. <laughs> I, hypothetically, um, yes, but you know. <laughs> a goal that we're working on, it's a bit of a long-term goal. So right now we're in our own center that we purchased. Congratulations. Uh, it's to, thank thank you. you. It's to 
design and build our own center from the ground up and put every level of intent into that that we see that's required for someone to um, come into this space in a deeply restorative and restful way. So using intent to design and, and build our own center. Okay, I know it's supposed to be rapid fire, but uh, I'm so curious. Like, can you give me an example of like one, is there like a particular stone that you really want to use? Or like, what is like, you know what I mean? Like, is there curved hallways? Like, what is, what is something that you're like, oh, I'd love to build this with intention into the space? Clean, fresh lines, modern aesthetic, Lots of windows, open, airy, super spacious, um, with a lot of nature around would be the starters. I feel like I've seen photos of your retreat center and it encompasses all of that. Very similar. Yes, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Totally. We just want to expand on that. Mm. Yeah. Not just. just we're, as a, we're going to expand on yeah, that. Yeah. As a way to grow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So cool. Beautiful. Um, what does success mean to you? Uh, the first word came happy. Are we happy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's for, for me, I'd say it's loving who I get to be loving what I get to do and mm -hmm. loving who I get to serve. Yeah. Great answers. I love those. Beautiful. What is the best lesson that you've learned in the last year? What I've learned, I am open to share. I think the, the biggest lesson that I've learned is no matter where you're at, you can always, always grow and expand your capacity to trust that it's always working out. Is that in the meditation? I love that. <laughs> it's always working out. What a great message. That could be like maybe another meditation. So good. Um, what's the best money you've ever spent? The best money. I think in totality, the best money would be for me everything that I've invested into my growth and development, every course, every program, every seminar, everything that I've, yeah, invested into myself, into mm -hmm. my education, into my development. Exploration of the inner and outer world of self mm -hmm. through whether that's through travel, through food, through cooking, through friends, through personal development courses. Yeah all comes together. Mm. Priceless. I agree. I agree. Gary, this question is right up your alley then. Uh, so if you could travel anywhere in the world right now for food, where would you go and what would you eat? For food, we love Italian, both of us. So I'll answer for both of us. It would have to be Italy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think Florence would be a great place to land and then just explore all of Italy from there. I concur. Mm, yes, yes, definitely do it if you haven't already. Um, what's something that you've changed your mind about? Oh. There's been so much change in like the last couple of years. So it's like... 
Well, we changed our mind about the vision of what the center was going to look like and where it was going to be located. Mm-hmm. So that was a big change, but that was a universal change. That, that was, was guidance. Surrender. Yeah, the yeah. surrender. Yeah. I think that was, yeah, we had an idea of what the center was going to look like, where it was going to be, and um, we just trusted our own internal guidance. And yeah, it, it worked out better than it could have. Oh. If we had have like been so grippy and holding on to no, this is the way it's supposed What's to be. The idea, yeah, totally. What was the idea for that year? The years come and gone. Mm-hmm. The new idea is this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why I always love asking that question because I think we do hold on to things. We attach ourselves to ideas, to goals, to political beliefs, to science to whatever those things are and i think it's really mm-hmm. important to just share the stories and normalize flowing and surrender and trusting and relearning and re you know reevaluating what we want so thank you for sharing that um mm-hmm. what are words of wisdom that you live by always ask questions find the questions and the answers will be presented to you. Spoken like a real coach. I like it. <laughs> Always wonder. Always wonder. Oh. Always wonder. I wonder what it would look like. Mm-hmm. I wonder what it'd be. Mm-hmm. And I think another one is always ask, what are you here to create for your family, your partner, your community? The planet and if you ask those questions you'll get some pretty big answers beautiful where can people find you to learn more thejourneymancollective.com on instagram facebook uh youtube linkedin linkedin yeah all the places amazing um what do you want to leave people with today what's the last message you want to you want to share If there's something that you've been sitting on that you've been wanting to do for a really long time and you're worrying about it or you're doubting yourself that you can do it, know that you can do it. All you have to do is start today. It comes down to don't wait, just do. (laughs) Just be. Just be. So amazing. I wonder how many like businesses and new things are going to come at the, just from people listening to this podcast and from people working with you. Um, Rob, Gary, thank you so much for everything you've shared. Uh, it's so clear for me and everybody else listening that the two of you come to everything you do in life with intention, with grounding, with such reverence for life and also such love and it's been such an honor to get to be with you to ask you these questions to learn from you and i believe i I see that everyone you work with is so lucky to to get to be a part of to have you be a part of their journey um you truly walk the talk with everything that you do and uh just thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being here. And uh, make sure you go check out Journeyman Collective. All the links are going to be below. Um, and uh, I hope that one day I get to get to be a part of the process as well, too. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm, thank definitely. you so much for uh, having us on your show. This is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Super grateful to be here. Oh, thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for everything that you put into this. 
Thank you so much for listening. If something spoke to you, send me a message by sharing this episode and tagging me on social media. If you know someone who would love to hear this episode, please share it with them too. Because I love surprises, make sure you subscribe to the Golden Girls podcast today. It's the only way to find out about bonus surprise episodes and make sure you don't miss a single beat on your golden journey. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you in the next episode of the Golden Girls podcast.